Hello and welcome to Don't Pee on Your Leg and Other Scientific Misconceptions, where we talk about scientific misconceptions we all have, and we hope that you learn something new about the world. I'm here with my co-host, Camden Epistemophile, Hanslick Burton. And joining me is my co-host, Margaret, dragged through a knothole, Hanslick Burton. Welcome Welcome to to the the show. show! Are you curious what epistemophile means? Someone who likes the origin of words? I like where your head's at, but it is more general than that. It is a lover of knowledge. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah epist- okay. So cool. that's you. You that's know what? You. I'll take it. Good. Well, there you go. I took it. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. So our first segment every week, as longtime listeners know is where we share something that we are excited about. I think we might be excited about the same thing this week. Three, two, one. Olympia's first birthday. (laughs) They're right next to us as always, Mm -hmm. our co-hosts. Our co-hosts. Our co-co-co-hosts. Our co-pa-hosts. Something. Mm -hmm. There's something there. Right in with your best suggestions. I got it. I got it. Shush, shush, shush. Our podcast co-hosts. Yeah, okay. That's good. (laughs) Um, So Olympia turned one. Mm-hmm. Um, this week, and so now we have a house full of one-year-olds. Yep. Half um, full of one-year-olds. Half full of one-year-olds. Cam and I are a little bit older than that, but yeah. we're just so, um, just really enjoying having them, the two of them together as always. They're such good friends. Um, they play together. They s- sleep very nicely. They nap together. They were just um, doing a big fight outside. They doing a big play so fight outside. So that they could outside. sleep during <laughs> so the podcast. They, yes. Um, yeah, they are... They're perfect. So we're just excited that Olympia is one. Yep. Uh, all right, Camden. Our second segment. What's that sound? Hit it. Oh, who's hitting the theme music? Go oh, ahead. oh. Uh, you're walking down the street and you see a little sound and you play that sound and I hope it's not copyright <laughs> infringement to play this sound. I was and say, we're doing all the sound really? and don't say it at what it is oh. and we won't get sued. Sound that, <laughs> that is. is. <laughs> So uh, during this segment, we, one of us prepares a sound found in nature or something science related um, that the other one probably doesn't know about and the other person has to guess what it is. So Cameron has prepared this week's sound. Yep. You ready for it? I'm ready. All right. You're going to get it. This sounds going to be a little different. You're going to hear the same, I'm just going to say the same like origin but it, it's not gonna okay. it's not gonna be the same clip repeated twice. You're gonna hear it different ways, so it okay. the sound will sound different. But it is the same. It's thing. the same thing. Okay, yeah, I'm ready. I'm I just, understand. Okay. Okay. Here's number one. Okay, Margaret. Wow. Well, the dogs were very interested in that sound. <laughs> I bet they were. Um, okay, so there's kind of like a train whistle at the beginning, and then there's a big high whistle at the end. Sure. I'm going to go with a bird-coyote hybrid. Mm-hmm. A bird-yote. Bird-yote. <laughs> Can I hear it one more time, please? You're going to hear a new part of it. <gasps> okay, all right. Okay. This is the same kind of 
thing doing this. Okay, okay. Inga. Inga. I wish I spoke that language because I'm sure it would give it away. It would help. So, I mean, you could use it as context clues. There are people there speaking people a different language. Speaking a different language that are near the sound. Mm-hmm. I am going to go with, it is a, bird seems too obvious. Bird seems too obvious. Oh, but I can't. Mm. I mean, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's not a bird. Is no, but me? I mean, you are hearing what? Are you? Yeah, gonna... It sounds like that, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, I've changed my answer to train whistle. Okay. Um, I think that you are trying to trick me with a bird, and it is actually something technological. But why would they be so close to a train? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Seems they were dangerous. saying in that language. Wow, watch we're really cl- wow, yeah. we're so close wow, to Wow, watch train. out. This train's really close. That would give it away. Yeah. Yeah. They seem too calm to be standing near a train. <laughs> Maybe they were saying, why are we so calm? <laughs> Death is near. I am going to go with... Okay. Ugh. I- I'm just not going to be right, and I can accept that. I'm going to go with a... It's a, it's a rabbit. <laughs> Take it. Okay, it is a bird. I'm just gonna go with my original instinct. A bird. It's a bird. It's a it's a kookaburra relative. This is the ancient Incan musical instrument, <gasps> a whistling vessel. Oh whoa! It mimics animal sounds oh. through the flow of water in the different shapes of the vessels. Whoa! So you all should go um, online. Uh, search these Incan whistling vessels. Um, in Spanish, they are. Oh boy, Margaret, as yep. our resident Spanish speaker. Huaca Silvador. Okay. Is my uh, is That's in Spanish. Um, yeah, they're a shamanic tool, uh, which is really cool. They're from around 500 BC to 1200, or BCE to 1200 uh, BC. Whoa, B- you're right. <laughs> whatever ad and bc are now not a historian uh so so it mimics, oh, common area ce yeah, i got it. There it is. uh but they're from peru or wow. you know, the incans um it's really cool there you can kind of see in this video they're different shapes mm-hmm. and they have their finger on it to allow water to come like air to flow through it mm-hmm. and they'll make one sound as they're like pouring and another sound as like the as they turn them the other direction wow. Um, That's incredible. They're very cool. I never, I was not going to guess that. I was not going to guess that. It was definitely not a train or a rabbit. Uh, (laughs) Wow, I want to watch that video later. Yeah. Thank you, Kim. And that's amazing. Whistling vessels. Whistling vessels. Amazing. Well, thanks, Camden. Great research. Great sound. We're now going to uh, take a moment to thank our Patreon subscribers. Thank you. You know who you are. Um, how does one become a Patreon subscriber, Kim? And if they're enjoying the show, if they're maybe a first-time listener or a long-time listener, how do they show their support through monetary 
means support (laughs) yeah you want to support and we do appreciate it um it does take time to produce this podcast Mm -hmm. um and we appreciate your show of support through positive feedback reviews hot good reviews good reviews and you if you want to be a patreon supporter that support helps us a lot it tells us thank you and it also allows us to keep doing the show um, while also feeding all these dogs that have wandered into our home. Uh, so you can support Don't Pee on Your Leg and other scientific misconceptions by going to patreon.com slash don't pee on your leg. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. So when you're there, you will see bonus content like our other podcast um, or the odd episodes of our other podcast, Gotta Classify Them All, which is our Pokemon podcast. Um we really encourage you to check it out and we really appreciate those of you who have already done that. So again, you can join us and support us to gain access to that bonus content at patreon.com slash don't pee on your leg. All right. So now that we've got the business out of the way, we can go to the misconception segment. And of course, this is where we each bring a new scientific misconception to the table to share, explain, discuss. We have not generally heard each other's misconceptions. We don't know what they're going to be. So that the other co-host that's not presenting gets to learn along with you all, our listeners. So let's see who goes first. Olympia is really excited. If you hear that little squeak, mm-hmm. uh, that is her skeleton toy, Mr. Bones, who I guess is now a co-co-co-co-host as well. Co-co-host. Co-co-host. Um, let's flip something you look like you were going to grab your (laughs) bottle of water and it was going to become chaotic i have i have an envelope and a and a letter do you Uh, want to be the address side side? okay i call it okay i'm going to flip it here on the desk oh it's me it's the non-address side you're so excited i'm so excited because i really really love this um this misconception that I me too I bet have today I, oh I bet you will hold on let me grab the letter before the dogs do one moment great radio okay uh, banter so you ever wonder why they call it a mirror and I'm back okay um so Camden yeah you've seen movies and TV right yeah sometimes why are you, why are you talking like that <laughs> yeah you've seen movies yeah, you've you, seen you, movies, hey you there um. On movies and in TV, sometimes when a crime occurs, yeah, heaven forbid a crime should occur, um, you might often see people waiting in an alley for their nemesis, and when their nemesis comes closer, they pull out a chloroform-soaked rag, and they hold it to their nose and their mouth, and instantly the nemesis just faints into unconsciousness. Guess what? It actually... Brings them more energy. It's almost like caffeine. Incorrect, Camden. It can't knock them out? It takes way longer than that. Like and a there are other um there are other details as well. Are you ready? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> are you ready, Camden? Yeah. So my misconception is that it takes only about two seconds of holding a chloroform-soaked rag over someone's mouth to, and face to knock them out. What? Can My I ask? Source, yep. I'm really worried. Go ahead. You said two. Like, do you choose that number because it's three? Because this is going to be real boring. No, it's not going to be three. Okay. Oh, okay. No, it's, it takes three seconds. No. <laughs> um, my sources are quite a few today. Ranker, Indiana.gov. 
God, solid start. If there's ever been a better start to our citations, it can't have The podcast called No Such Thing as a Fish, Wikipedia, the National Library of Medicine, uh, Wikipedia again, I wrote, um, compoundchem.com, a paper called General Anesthesia for Surgeons by Smith, DeCruz, Rondo, and Goldman, YouTube, the medical journal The Lancet, and uh, YouTube YouTube in general, technology.org, and Science ABC. A lot of sources. But mostly indiana.gov. Mostly indiana.gov. So let's first talk about what is chloroform. Okay. Do you know the chemical formula for chloroform? chloroform? Yeah. It's probably big, right? No, it's it's really not that big. Oh, it's, it's not? CHCL it's, I, subscript three. Well, I was good. Oh, okay. So not that big at all. Not that big. No. So it's CHCL mm-hmm. mm-hmm. three. three. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Wow. That's, I mean, chlorine makes sense since chlorophyll has chlorine in it too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yes, yes. So we could get into a lot of it, but chloroform is a colorless liquid that smells and tastes a little sweet. Do not taste it. Please take my word for it. I didn't do it either, but that's what science tells me. Because it takes three seconds. No, No. It, it kind of, I've, it kind of smells like a hospital smells kind of that like sweet, like sanitary smell um it used to be used during surgery to put patients patients under when it's inhaled mostly before world war one they don't do it anymore i learned that because we got to dip into history just a tad in 1847 francis brody imlock was the first person to use chloroform as an anesthetic on a person during a dental procedure Prior to this, people had used chloroform on themselves to test it. Um, In fact, chloroform became very popular in the anesthetic world and even was used during the deliveries of Queen Victoria's youngest two children. I don't know what year that would be. Old. Not now. I guess she's not queen anymore. No, she's very much not queen. In 1848, so just a year after chloroform was first used on a patient... A girl named Hannah Greener, a 15-year-old girl, died from chloroform poisoning during a procedure that was just to remove an infected toenail. Why they didn't use more local anesthesia, I don't know. Did not have it then? I don't know. They just used general and they used Ah. chloroform and they did an autopsy and found that she had had a cardiac event um, due to chloroform. Too much. And a study in 1934, so people were getting kind of wary of using chloroform because Uh these deaths kept happening even though there were there were advancements in terms of figuring out how to regulate how much they were using but still in 1934 there was a study done that found found that the odds of dying while under chloroform were between one in three thousand and one in six thousand which is pretty high yeah while the chances of dying under ether which was also used and then was more popular after chloroform, the chances of dying under ether were, were around one in 28,000. Oh, so much, much better. better. Much better. We still don't use ether today most of the time. Um, Wait, some places still use st- ether? Some places still Whoa. used it, but it, was re- it replaced chloroform pretty immediately as an anesthetic. Nowadays, it's still around, but it's used as a solvent, which means something that can dissolve other things. And it's used in making... Chloroform is. Chloroform is, okay. yes. Sorry, not ether. Um, it's used in making Freon. Sure. Um, which mm-hmm. is a refrigerant. Chloroform poisoning is 
serious business and can cause your nervous system to stop working properly, can cause real liver damage and can cause, like we talked about in that case of the girl, Hannah, it can cause your heart to beat irregularly, possibly causing to a fatal extent. Yes. Um, it can cause issues, whether it's inhaled, ingested, or it gets on your skin. And it's been classified by the Environmental Protection Agency as a probable human carcinogen. So it's not good for you. It's really not good for you. And and that's one thing that they, I feel like they show in TV and movies is, you know, you get knocked out by chloroform and then you wake up like two minutes later and you're like, oh, I feel fine. Great. I feel fine. No lasting effects. When really you could possibly die from it. Um, so what's used as an anesthetic now, I'm sure you're wondering. Oh, you are just bearing this yes. lead. How long does it take you to get knocked uh, out? Great question, but pause. Um, okay. <laughs> so can you think, What is used today, you said? Yeah. Do you know what? Um, you've heard of laughing gas. Have you yes. experienced laughing gas? Nitrous oxide. Yes. 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 I feel like it's commonly used in like dental procedures. At yes. Least. And I think I don't want to steal your thunder. Go ahead. I think it's also used in a lot of procedures now because I think I used to have the misconception, again, not to steal your thunder, that mm, go ahead. that was what's knocking you out because mm, mm. they'll say like, you know, breathe in, mm-hmm, count mm-hmm. to 10 or you'll count from 100 backwards and you're mm-hmm. out. By like 90. But it's, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, so the nitrous oxide is knocking you out. That's just comp relaxing you yeah. and then they inject you. Usually, yeah. Nitrous with- oxide is a pretty mild anesthetic so it usually needs another something else in yeah. combination yeah exactly like, people illegally will use it and mm-hmm. they don't knock themselves no. out it's just like makes you Relaxing. feel loopy mm-hmm. exactly yeah loopy but you're absolutely right it's a very mild one um in terms of inhaled anesthetics desflurane and sevaflurane are others that we use today they don't cause any irritation for the patient which is really important no side effects sure. or at least minimal side effects but I tend to think of anesthetics as being administered intravenously. I thought that was what happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's what happens most of the time. Okay. And so according to what I could find, propofol and etomidate are the big two. two I didn't want to say them. In terms of anesthetics administered through IV. So Camden, now I guarantee you're wondering how Uh, long does it take? To Four make seconds. Unconscious with chloroform. Not two, you idiots. Well, six. You were wondering why I was watching Ace Ventura a little bit ago. Oh yeah, too. Margaret was watching Ace Ventura, and I was like, "Are you ready to do the show?" And, and I you're... said, "I promise, I'm researching." So, in Ace Ventura: Pet Detective, I watched and learned that it takes Ace nine seconds to knock out another man with chloroform. And that's right. In reality. No. Oh. Many other sources report that if chloroform was poured onto a rag and then pushed onto someone's face, it could take five minutes or more for someone to lose consciousness, which kind of would make it not very subtle. Because I think the whole thing in movies and TV is like, you come up behind it's really them subtle and, then you got and you can like drag them into a dark corner or whatever. But if you have to do it for five minutes and that person is struggling the entire time, not... Yeah. Subtle at all. Feels like a not not for you with the illegal acts, you know, ready. Yeah, please, I should just make a blanket don't, statement. Don't do this at all. Don't don't But surely like a, a comical chair across the head would 
would, would be more work accurate. a little more. Sure. A comical chair. Yeah. So why is this? Well, chloroform is a very um, volatile chemical. Sure. And so it it evaporates quickly when it's exposed to air. So say that someone is waiting with a chloroform-soaked rag for their victim to appear. By the time the person can cover the victim's mouth and nose with the cloth, the efficacy of the chloroform is very minimal. You Mm. won't have hardly any on there. And then also, if you have to put a cloth over a person's mouth and nose for five minutes... Most likely oh. they have suffocated anyway. Oh, yeah. Wait, doesn't it take Regardless, like two and a half minutes yeah, to like... We can't hold our breath that long. So oh. most people. So it doesn't really matter if there was anything on there. And boy, did you really escalate what you were attempting to do, moving from knock them out casually <laughs> to, to killing suffocation. them. Suffocation, yeah. So Woof. don't do that either. There are tales of chloroform being used as a weapon or a sedative in criminal acts, but in those instances, chloroform is usually combined with other drugs or alcohol uh, um, to make it more effective uh, and to be faster accting. Uh, An article in the medical journal, The Lancet, from 1865, which you can still find, stated that they had no evidence that anyone could instantaneously or almost instantaneously cause unconsciousness by, quote, waving a handkerchief impregnated by chloroform under his nose, end quote. And they challenged anyone to come forward to give evidence of this kind of incident, but no one ever did. Hmm. So it hasn't happened, and it really can't happen. The end. Don't try this at home. Yeah. Also, I had to do all of this in incognito mode because (laughs) I don't want... Yeah. Listeners, just like (laughs) check in on me. (laughs) No. No, no, no. Um, So yeah, that's... A little bit of uh, oh. chloroform history and uh, misconception. Thanks for the the history and the chemistry mm-hmm. and the misconception. You're welcome. I don't know what I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you had asked me in the basis of the show, I would have been like, well, I, it's definitely not as fast as that. But five whole minutes. Five and minutes. it's such a great point around the, like, you can suffocate right. in under that time. So that's, yeah. And... It might also depend on a person's like physical form too. Like people that are taller and larger oh. might, it might be longer. Like a gaseous um, person. No, not a physical form like a person who is liquid, a person who is plasma. Um, but anyway, so it might even be longer depending on a person's form. And I'm Oof. really glad we don't use chloroform anymore yeah. as an anesthetic because it is volatile and we didn't really know how to measure it and it or can even cause in- some really serious... Uh, side effects or even improve from ether because that's still yeah a lot of people died from that yeah. compared to today's anesthetics mm-hmm. so thanks right, margaret Kevin, let's hear it okay margaret okay margaret uh-huh it's bedtime oh sorry margaret uh-huh it's bedtime oh thank goodness uh, <sighs> um, um, ew you're feeling the <laughs> sweet veil of slumber begin to drape its way across your eyelids i don't What's the last thing you usually do before you go to bed? Uh, read the dictionary, learn a new word. <laughs> and then what do you do as you go to sleep? With the dictionary on your head? On my on my What lap. do you normally do? Look at my phone. And what do you do before you go to sleep? Turn up the covers. 
Okay. I'm trying to... <laughs> Turn w- off the light. Okay. Turn off the light. Look at my phone. Turn off my phone. Put on my little eye mask and go to sleep. You turn your phone off? Well, I... What do you do no, with I your ch- phone? Sorry. Okay, I see. I charge my phone. Okay. I let it sit charging all night until I wake up. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I thought this was going to be a misconception about eye masks. <laughs> Margaret. <laughs> uh-huh. Is it bad to keep your phone charged? Overnight? Morally? Yeah. Is it ethically <laughs> awful? Um, so I did a, a little experiment about this when I was in grad school about we were supposed to find one thing that we could change in our daily lives that was worth it in terms of saving energy. And I had come across and had in my possession a solar phone charger. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is great. This is going to like save so much energy. Wow. And then I did research on it and found that with chargers improving significantly in terms of like their efficacy and the power that they use, I was not real. I was saving like Pennies. the tiniest amount of energy by charging it with the sun, which we also were living in Seattle at the time. So it was very difficult to get a full charge. So I think that it is now okay to charge your phone based on the amount of energy that it uses. Have you heard this misconception? Like don't let your phone charge too much. Like don't, don't keep it plugged in all the time. I feel like there are different schools of thought in terms of like, does that drain the battery? Does it, yeah. Does it ruin your battery? life? That's what we're getting into here. Okay. So So you've heard this. Not one about eye masks then. No, in fact not. (laughs) So let's talk about, phones bat we're going to talk about phones but general batter we'll talk generally about batteries okay can you charge it too much is that bad for the battery mm-hmm. how do you extend battery life what are ways there's a lot of misconceptions about how do you keep your little battery from getting all bad mm-hmm. um so batteries they give your phone energy or your device computer device notepad um, and I'm going to separate Chromebook. out here. book. We're going to talk generally about batteries. Kindle. Kindle. And I'll be, I'll try to be more explicit when I'm talking about like batteries, like you hold like double A, triple A. Those are alkaline batteries. Yes. And then I'll talk about, sometimes I'll clarify like a phone battery or like a computer. Those are lithium ion batteries. Yes. Okay. So they're all batteries. Like they all run off the same principle. They're just made of different things. Gotcha. Um, so batteries provide energy to a phone, uh, or device. Um, they store a form of energy called chemical energy. Um, an apple also has chemical energy and we convert it into energy for, into some kinetic energy for ourselves, usually like mechanical so we can do things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, phones store chem or batteries store chemical energy and convert it into electrical energy. Okay. So you can kind of think of it as like they're just doing a different thing with chemical energy, a chemical energy they use in the form of like an alkaline battery or lithium ion batteries, whereas like we might take chemical energy from an apple. Mm -hmm. A different kind of chemicals are involved there. Yes. But we're talking about using energy. Um, Electricity, just for everyone, is just the flow of electrons. That's all we're talking about with electricity. So a battery is where we have chemical reactions happen and that those chemical reactions allow the flow of electrons to go through your device so that it has electricity. 
So the battery is a place where these chemical reactions happen. Electrons flow around and they mm-hmm. flow through the battery. When we recharge, mm-hmm. we are plugging it into an electrical source. So another source of electrons, so like you're an outlet. Right. And we're making the reactions happen in reverse to recharge the battery so it can do all those reactions again. Over again. Okay. But you have to put in energy to make a battery refresh itself, essentially, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Yeah. It can't run perpetually. That would be a miracle. That would be a perpetual... Oh, is motion? It a petru- perpetual motion machine? Yeah, I mean... That people say that there are. Yeah. And... There are a lot of conspiracy theorists that think. Okay, we're getting into a whole other the world about government is okay. Keeping, okay, keep it keep it on a lid. Keep it keep, lit. no 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 keeping a um a source of free energy secret. Oh yeah yeah. Um, so we don't have those. I don't think they are. Anyway. Um, so we're, we don't have those. We're gonna get into batteries. We can keep <laughs> Margaret out of her realm of conspiracies. Um, it's not my realm. Well, it's the one you like to learn about. Um, so. Uh, what are the batteries that our phones work off of? Those are lithium, lithium ion batteries. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any guess why we use lithium ion batteries? Because our phones are too thin to use a double A. I mean, in a sense, you like that got you. But yeah, lithium I- lithium ion technology is currently one of the most affordable and best device or technologies we have that provides a lot of electrons. With very little weight, mm-hmm. which is makes them great, like right. you're saying, for very a thin device. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, I did not go. So, I think folks know I taught science for a long time. Mm-hmm. I was a biology teacher. Mm-hmm. We're stepping into the world of physics and chemistry. Mm-hmm. So, I did not look up the most current batteries, like like current meaning like high tech batteries. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the batteries are always evolving and their abilities are always getting better. I'm not saying lithium ion is the number exact one, but it is the most widely distributed one. It's what most of all of our phones and computers work off of. And Kindles. And Kindles. And, and Amazon Fire? Is that what Amazon's Kindle? Oh, no, Amazon is Kindle. Yeah. Anyway, okay, go ahead. A, a tablet, listen. Everything. If it if you don't put, if it is a device not ch- plugged into a wall and it doesn't have AA batteries in it, it is running off probably a lithium ion <laughs> battery. I'm just going to make that simple for folks. Ugh, fine. Um, so I talked about charging the battery. It's like you're putting electricity in to reverse the chemical reactions so that it can start them all over again. Mm-hmm. So can you charge or recharge a battery too much? So batteries, they electrons flow through them. They can be recharged. Electrons just like to flow from a negative to a positive end. Mm-hmm. Over time... They are they the shape of the stuff inside the battery. We keep it general, (laughs) like the shape uh, changes the organ, the way it's all organized sort of becomes distorted. Mm -hmm. They just become less good at allowing electrons to flow Mm. through them. Okay, this just happens over time. Mm -hmm. So, all batteries over time are just going to stop being good at what they're built to do, which is allow electricity to flow through them. No matter what you do. And we kind of have proof of this. Now, an example of an alkaline battery. Have you ever had an alkaline battery in like a toy or like a remote that Mm -hmm. was like in the closet or somewhere you haven't used it Mm -hmm. for a long time? Mm -hmm. And then you go find that thing and Mm -hmm. you try to turn it on. What happens? It doesn't work. It doesn't work, right? Like Mm -hmm. we have examples of like, well, I, 
it wasn't on. We mm-hmm. didn't drain the battery. Batteries just drain. Mm-hmm. They don't have to be on, on. quote unquote on mm-hmm. for the electricity to stop flowing through them. This is the same as our lithium ion phones. They're very good at keeping it for a while, but around two to three years is about how good those phones batteries last. And is that by design? So uh, what's the word? Planned, Planned obsolescence. obsolescence is a thing. Mm-hmm. Now, one part of that is that those phones generally last two to three years by their shape. I, you know, I am not a engineer of batteries. I'm sure there are ways to increase the size. Extend right? Lifespan. A lot of this is like consumerism too. Like people get rid of their phones often before three years. So also people aren't even making it as long as their batteries are lasting. Mm-hmm. Oft, I'm not calling out everyone, but a lot of people, the average lifespan of a mobile device is way less than the battery's life itself. Right. People get there rid of it. There are other factors, yeah. Yeah. So just want to clarify, like, all batteries are subject to this. We don't have the perpetual battery yet. Um, they Another way to say this is they lose that chemical energy. They can't store as much energy as they used to, um, even without being plugged in. Um, so the downside of lithium-ion batteries is... They allow for really easy flow of electrons, Mm -hmm. um, but that also means that they die relatively quickly. Mm. Two to three years is certainly not like fast, fast. fast. Yeah. But like there's a reason they're so thin, but what we trade off is that they're not going to store energy as long. Whereas Mm -hmm. like a car battery, you could get a longer amount of time out of, obviously super heavy. Um, But so there are other technologies that are trade-offs, right? Like... I don't even know if there's a phone now that like, I'm not even sure if you wanted to be like, I want to find a better battery for the planet. I don't know if they'd sell you a phone that runs off of some other kind of battery. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's probably not money in making it. No. Um, also some people are like, don't lithium ion batteries explode. Um, basically that's when a part of the battery gets damaged and Mm. they don't stop themselves from overheating. Mm -hmm. So that really doesn't happen a lot. What kind of battery was in that? A lithium ion. Scooter. That little, that little, um. Oh, I was thinking of the. <gasps> oh, the Samsung. The Samsung. Yeah. No, I'm talking about, um. They just had damaged battery parts. I don't know. That little, about. that little, like, not scooter, but it was like a hundred years old describing this. It was what? like a little skateboard with wheels on the side and you rode around on it like a little Segway with no handle. The hoverboards? No. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah. 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 They're probably lithium ion. But okay. again, these are, they probably had damage, like there was a problem in manufacturing mm. the battery. Okay. It's not lithium ion technology itself. It's, there's a thing in there called a separator that gets damaged and pro- is normally there to stop something like that from happening. Okay. So it's probably a, a problem in how they're made. It's not an actual problem with lithium ion technology right. itself. Right. Um, so is it bad to charge overnight? Here's the deal. The things on bar you that your phone's battery is on borrowed time. We're all on borrowed time. Let's oh get real. Oh so there are like just use your phone the way you want to use your use your laptop. People, if you're like my phone doesn't hold as much battery as it used to two years later. Yeah, it's two years older. Mm-hmm. It's not batteries aren't going to work as well as they used to. Now there are certainly instances of like Apple got a, in a huge lawsuit about this. 
There are instances when companies have been found out of purposely lowering the the lifespan lifespan of your phone to make you buy a new phone. I'm not that is bad Mm -hmm. and different than and different Mm -hmm. is not necessarily saying batteries themselves are like the issue, so to speak, in all of this. There are supposed ways to improve the lifespan of your battery. A lot of places quote trying to keep it above 20% and under 80%. That's so hard. (laughs) But here's the deal. Most modern phones and most modern technology Mm -hmm. have a very fast charge between 20 and 80%. Yeah. If you've ever noticed this, if you have it at 20, plug it in. You can get it up to like 50 or something relatively quickly. Especially if you turn it on airplane mode. Mm -hmm. But if you get on, yeah, because you're not using those electrons, Mm -hmm. right? You're Mm -hmm. trying to keep it. But... If you've ever been at like 96% and you plug it in, mm-hmm. it doesn't get to 100 as fast. Phones have internal mechanisms now where they're trying not to they're trying to not have this happen. Mm-hmm. So so they kind of do it for you. One other reason you shouldn't worry is that most modern technology prevents this from being a problem. Wow, okay. Um and the other part of it is like even if they didn't do that, there's still not a ton of science in what I found. That supports the idea that you're really wearing down the battery that much. Might you be? Sure. Is it noticeable? Probably not. Um, I don't think I said it all. My citations um, and all of this was the Australian Academy of Science, the Clay Center. Let's talk about Science Canada. It's a website. Uh, Nature Magazine and New York Times. Uh, So uh, a couple of ways I'm going to debunk real quick. Some people say put it on ice, it slows down the chemical reactions. Put your battery on it, it'll slow down those reactions from happening. Oh. That might be true, but it also slows down the flow of electrons. Also, all of these devices are tested at normal human temperatures. Mm -hmm. That's why they say don't let your phone get too hot. Mm -hmm. Also, don't let it get too cold. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. You're going to break it. Don't put your phone on ice. It's a common one. A lot of people said if I put it in the fridge, will it preserve the... Again, all of this is like, if even it made a difference, you're talking not a noticeable... Over the course of your phone. Um, Other people said, oh, you should let it drain completely to zero before you charge it back up. Oh, I've heard that. This is based off older battery technology, which Mm -hmm. did have something called a memory Mm. Which basically, like, all the electrons flowed in a similar path. And so letting it go to zero meant all the electrons sort of had these unique memories that they flowed through. And if you were recharging a lot, you were using just the same path over mm. and over again. Um, that doesn't, that's not modern battery technology, so we don't have to worry about that. Yeah. And some phones mis- just misrepresent what charge you're at. Mm-hmm. They'll get mis- un- like decalibrated uncalibrated Mm -hmm. so letting it go to zero might help you trigger the recalibration Mm -hmm. but even that is like not common so what i'm getting from all of this is all of us listened to what people said to do with batteries in like 2010 and then we just were like and that's how a battery is and how i'll behave well thank you it kind of goes to a misconception we did many pot or many episodes ago around um, carjacking and hot wiring a car. Yes. This is it's not a hard. thing you can do anymore. Same as like Unless old batteries. You have a Honda it, it was something? an old something. Yeah. Ni- but like, it, it's not 
the current technology anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to end with this. That's all fine. Let your phone charge as much as you want or as little as you want until you need it to recharge. Mm-hmm. However, batteries have a large environmental impact. Mm. Lithium ion mm. is the metals inside of it are mined and are very expensive to mine and they're very detrimental to the earth when they are mined. Mm-hmm. Um, cobalt is a big part of lithium ion batteries. The Democratic Republic of the Congo uh, produces about or 90% of the cobalt that we use in our batteries. Um, on average, people earn less than $1,200 a year in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Mm-hmm. We are using this technology damaging the earth and even the people who are making it for us are not living at a quality that I think we would say is good. Mm-hmm. Um, to prevent this from happening, besides advocating for all human rights mm-hmm. um, and advocating for people, Democratic Republic of the Congo and other places where these are mined, you need to take, you need to, not you should. You it is to. ethically right to take care of your batteries when you are going to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. There are places where they are recycled. The seeping of the toxins inside them mm-hmm. into the earth is awful as well, let mm-hmm. alone the collecting of those materials. You have to recycle your batteries. Even if it's a AAA battery, even if it's an old phone, mm-hmm. there are parts in there that are we need Hazardous. to get. Yeah. And they're very expensive to get. Mm-hmm. Expensive ethically and monetarily. So we want to collect those materials back out of it because we can do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Go to search.earth911.com. It is a a great website. I've never seen it before. You type in the material or the device you have, and it'll tell you where you can recycle that. That is so cool. It's really cool. I used it. I found a ton of places because just once what it is, so you can type in like alkaline battery or lithium ion battery, or if you don't know, just type in the device you have. Mm-hmm. Um, type in your zip code. It'll tell you all the places um, that you can recycle it. Some of them are free because they are um, people raise money so that this can happen, mm-hmm. or they do it through partnerships with companies. Mm-hmm. Some of them might charge you. It's worth it because mm-hmm. it is way worth. Like I'm just gonna say, like if it's like twenty dollars to recycle your own phone, and that is like a noticeable percentage of the people whose lives are in danger mining for your mm-hmm. phone, mm-hmm. you can pay $20 yeah. or don't buy another phone. And that's, that's, that's what I <laughs> go back to is like, I know that I'm bordering on a Luddite, <laughs> but really like we get new phones and new technology when our other ones are fine. They're fine. Like, I don't need a new phone. I'm getting preachy now. Yeah. I don't need a new phone <laughs> whose whose little screen curves around the side just because it's kind of cool. It, and but like you don't, if you don't, if it works fine, keep it around for a little bit longer. You're going to pull through yeah. this. And even if for whatever reason, we don't know everyone here. If you are doing this, ethically get rid of recycle your device. Mm-hmm. It is the least we can all do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Search.earth911.com. Find out where to give them. We have a bucket of batteries right now on our counter, mm-hmm. or not, I guess a bucket, but a small container of them <laughs> um, that we've been trying to figure out what to do. I now know where to take them. I'm going to be recycling them. Everyone should do that too. Yay. If you have that old phone that's just sitting in your drawer somewhere because you never knew what to do with it, mm-hmm. search.earth911.com. Find out what you can do with it. 
so you can do a little thing and protect our planet and recycle those batteries. This man gets me, ladies and gentlemen, because I love a misconception that ends with a call to action on behalf of not just the environment, but also people that live on our planet um, who are involved in the things we make and we don't think about them. Um, Yeah. Really, really appreciate that, Kevin. Nice. Okay. Well, we promised our dogs we would take them on a walk, so we're going to push through this next part. Camden, what are you consuming this week? Reading, watching, otherwise... Spelling? Doing... Wordle. <laughs> Ever heard of it? I bet you have. Yes, I bet you W-O-R-D-E- have. W-O-R-D-E-D-L-E. <laughs> I'm not good at reading words. Wordle. You get six guesses, five letters. You got to get a streak. I'm on a 20-day streak, and I... I've never felt more alive. He's crying, everyone. It's He's great. crying. Go to wordle.com. It's free. It's community building. Share it with your friends. It's great. Play Wordle. Make it, a sign um, that goes in your front lawn of your day's yeah. uh, score. Yes. Communicate Do that. Communicate with your neighbors. Yes. Spray paint. <laughs> chalk it on the ground. Yes. Here's how I got in three guesses today. No, wow. I actually got in four today. Okay. It's still, um, that's still very good. Go wordle yourself. Okay. Um, mine, predictably, is uh, a book I've been really enjoying so far. Oh, I haven't man. finished it, but it's a book that was given How to, to me. play with bones and other scary coffins. Is that what it is? You're not far off. Okay. <laughs> it was given to me by a very, very lovely person recently, but it is a book by Harold Schechter called The Whole Death Catalog, A Lively Guide to the Bitter End. And it goes through, uh, you know, funeral traditions and death traditions f- throughout history. It's fascinating. Cool. Ugh, it's so cool. Um, all right. Well, with that, <laughs> on my usual cheery note, um, thank you so much for listening today, folks. If you liked this episode or any of our other episodes, like we said, please rate us, leave us a quick positive review. That really helps new folks decide if they want to give us a try. So help us out. Help us reach new listeners by leaving us a quick positive review. Uh, we have a bookshop site. So go to bookshop um, and you can support independent bookstores. That will give also a small percentage of those books purchased to us. We're going to have to put Margaret's newest book on there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, support us and other Local bookstores at bookshop.org slash shop slash don't pee on your leg. You can also uh, find more content from us on our social media pages on Instagram at don't pee on your leg. Twitter at don't pee, just the letter P on your leg. And Facebook at facebook.com slash don't pee on your leg. Don't pee on your leg and other scientific misconceptions is a podcast produced by two birds, one scone. Articles, blog posts, and more about what you can do every single day to conserve our environment can be found at www.twobirdsonescone.org. Our original theme music is by Camillo. And if you have scientific misconceptions you'd like explained or just want to provide feedback to us or say hi to our dogs, please email us at don'tpeeonyourleg at gmail.com. Have Have a a great week. week! Doggies, we are coming.